Welcome to the One Church Home podcast. This podcast is directly tied to our weekly teachings. If OCH isn't your home church, we encourage you to get plugged into your local body. We pray the sermon blesses you as we press into the Word of God together. I love it. Well, we have been talking about and working through, uh, well, we haven't been working through it. We started a series on fasting, and this is a a peculiar time uh, of the year, given that there's a lot of not fasting happening this time of year. Does anybody remember, just kind of by way of pop quiz, how many shrimp are going down this month? 7.8 billion shrimp are out of here in the month of December. So uh, pretty amazing. There's going to be 46 million holiday parties. Uh, There's 22 million turkeys that are just see you later. Uh, There is going to be 1.3 billion candy canes distributed. And like, who actually eats a candy cane? Uh, I don't know. I just, I find them on the floor smashed in my house a lot. So we're the culprit of a lot of those going down. But needless to say, there's just a lot of stuff coming at us this month, right? There's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, indulgence feels, well, 7.8 billion shrimp feels like indulgence. But but there's a lot of stuff happening this time of year. So then to go, hey, as a church, let's talk about fasting. I wanna promise you this. It's not to shame you or guilt you. I participate in the Christmas partakes. Like I, I'm all about the shrimp. And so, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that we, we're not doing this to shame us or guilt us, but, but we feel led that as a church, we want to, to, to participate in fasting in the new year. And one of the things I have struggled with is sometimes people go, hey, we're fasting. And I'm like, I haven't even thought about it till the first day. And so the first day, uh, you know, it's like, hey, we're fasting. When's it start? Today. It's like, today? I guess I could fast not being annoyed. You know, like I'll, I'll fast, uh, you know, not drinking coffee before, let's say something tough, like, 6.30 in the morning, you know, I just won't do it for 21 days. And so no, you know, it's like no real sacrifice. I'm just trying to do something because I, you know, I want to, I want to help everybody with the fast, you know, whatever we're doing. And so I wanted to back up and admit my immaturity and say, hey, just so I don't mess this up, I wanted to back up and go, let's look at God's word and, and really spend some time this month exploring what fasting is, why we fast, how to fast, And then what are the benefits of fasting over the three weeks kind of leading up until Christmas? And so uh, I want to do that because because it's, it's, it's the right time of year to talk about God's truth and to participate in God's practices. It's always the right time of year to jump into God's word and go, how do we live more like you? And, and listen, in a time of, of year where the world has kind of shifted and changed and taken what was meant for gratitude and overwhelming just just blessedness, that the time of year that's supposed to be dedicated to Thanksgiving and Christmas has been kind of morphed into this season of of gluttony and greed. And we want to say, hey, while we see that, we're here. We're not of this world, though. So we want to talk about things that aren't of this world, like, like giving up food for temporary moments, for the sake of finding that substance somewhere else, and in our case, in someone else. 
And so, so fasting is this beautiful way that we can start to, 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 again, reorient the way we think, perspective shift. And, and it's a way for us to continue to, to quiet the noise. I, I, we tried this first service. I'm not sure if it worked or not, but we're going to try it again. Jeff, will you head to the back of the room? Sometimes you got to discipline people publicly. I'm just kidding. Jeff, will you holler out, I love you. And again, he's not saying it just to me. I mean, he could, but he's saying it to the whole church, right? Will you just give us an I love you? Just one more time. That's a good volume. Everybody hear him? All right. So this half of the room, you know, we're pretty balanced. This half of the room, you're going to identify as the, I mean, maybe I'm the only one who like this time of year is, is chaotic. There's a lot going on, moving parts, trying to hang out, trying to see people, trying to make sure you don't disappoint this person or that person. Chaos is a part of of life, right? And it's not just this time of year. Anybody just agree like January is going to be chaotic too? (laughs) You got it. So you guys, I don't want you to yell. You're not trying to harmonize. You're not singing here. So, you know, you don't have to just say the word chaos and you don't even have to line up with each other. Just start repeating the word chaos, chaos. All right. They're going to continue to do that. It sounds a little weird in here. This side of the room, I want to identify and go, man, there's another thing that's happening in our world. It's fear, anxiety, worry. What's going to happen? I don't know what's going on next. I'm not, I'm not sure how this is all going to play out. So I just want you to repeat the word fear. So when I say Jeff's going to continue to talk. He's going to continue to say the thing he's been saying this whole time. And I just want you guys to stop on one, two, three. That's what fasting does. It silences chaos and fear. It pulls down the fader. It pulls down the the noise. It, It allows a room of of people to all of a sudden hear what the Spirit of God is bearing witness to your soul. Can we give it up for Jeff and welcome him back to his seat? He's now out of, what is that, banishment? (laughs) Beloved, the whole point is, 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 is this practice of participating in the supernatural is, is our tool and resource by which we get to experience God's voice. God didn't stop speaking because you got busy. God isn't stopping speaking because we've got crazy people running the country. God didn't, I'm sorry, I can't say that, but God didn't stop speaking because we have whatever, fill in the blank. God is speaking. The question is, are you listening? Are you purposefully and intentionally cutting through the noise with supernatural persistence? Are are you cutting through the noise with the tools and resources by which he has empowered the church to, to hear from heaven so that we might bear witness to the kingdom of God here on the earth? You see, fasting is a tool and a resource that the church, I fear, has put up on the shelf and it's time to pull it back off the shelf to put it on and to start functioning in kingdom practices for eternity. And so we've got to start 
thinking about, man, this isn't just something we do out of, again, like giving out of obligation or frustration or shame. Oh God, we have to do another fast. Oh. Yo, the only reason I wanna call the whole church to a fast is because we're in a time in history where the church needs to fast. We need to go before the throne room of God as the body, but this is the crazy part. That's not the only fast you should be planning in 2023. And listen to this. You don't even have to tell anybody. That's what the word of God says. You don't have to tell anybody else about the other ones. This is an example of a corporate fast that we're gonna do January 1 to January 21. But y'all, we should be, like we're gonna find out today, purposeful and intentional to plan several fasts throughout the next year so that we are regularly and intentionally bringing the noise down so that we can hear from our Father in heaven who longs to speak to us, who has spoken in times past through the prophets, but in this time is, is speaking through his son, Jesus, the word that has become life. And so we don't have this God in heaven that's hiding behind trees going, come and find me. He's available, willing. He's right here. He's speaking. The question is, are we so caught up in everything going on and all the crazy that's around us and all the fear and intimidation and worry to hear it, not it, him. And so we've got to be a people that, that take it off the shelf. Why do we do this? Well, we said last week for several reasons. I'm going to repeat seven of them here today. The first one is this, because Jesus did it before he went into ministry. So we do, we fast, why? To prepare for the ministry God has put before you in your life. And here's what I know. If you say, well, I dodged that bullet. I'm not in full-time ministry. You're wrong. If you're a blood-bought believer, don't say that too many times fast, but blood-bought believer, if you believe in the Lord Jesus as your salvation that it's only through him that you have eternal life, you have been called for such a time as this. You have been appointed for this time in life. And, and you might go, but, but no, I'm not a professional minister. I'm a, I'm a YouTuber. I'm a, I'm a fill in the blank. I'm a plumber. I'm a, you know, whatever. No, that's just your outpost that he's put you in to perform the ministry that he's called you to. You're a banker. Bank with Jesus. You're a plumber, plumb with Jesus. You, you, you know, I don't know that many YouTubers, but I don't know why I keep saying, I think that's what like all the kids in my house want to be YouTubers, you know? So it's, but the bottom line is, is that we need to be a people who use the space God has given us to perform and operate in the, in the calling he has on our life. The ministry you've been called into. How are you going to prepare for it? Fast. And pray. How are you gonna how are you gonna reorient your life in 2023 so that you might start evangelizing and purposefully bringing the gospel forward in whatever influence you have? Fast and pray. And fast in preparation, like Jesus did. The second one is this: that, that we said that that the, the, the church used fasting as a way to seek wisdom from God <coughs> in order to, to hear from heaven and understand what to do, how to operate. They had these two guys that ended up being a little bit influential. Their names were Paul and Barnabas. Were just in the church. 
But they needed wisdom to know how to tap those guys and say, y'all go out and change the world for the gospel's sake. And oh, it just so happens that they're the two most influential missionaries that there ever were, were, was. I don't know the word there. The point being is that we need to get wisdom from heaven to make supernatural decisions right here on the earth. And so we fast for that. What else? To show grief, to grieve. How do you grieve? Spirit-filled grieving? You fast, you turn to God and say, God, in this time of heartache and pain, before I respond, before I uh, look to how I can operate, before I try to figure it all out, I'm I'm gonna lay down my nourishment to receive your nourishment so that my soul can be postured right, so that I can decide how to operate right. So so fasting becomes a response to grief. It is also in Ezra, uh, uh, this this moment in Ezra chapter eight, to seek deliverance and protection for for unholy leadership. All of a sudden, they're they're getting pushed down upon and they they need freedom from oppression. So what do they do? They don't start figuring out and formulating a plan. They fast and they pray. The fifth one is, is Jonah. Jonah goes to the land reluctantly. He gets there. He shows up to Nineveh. He he tells them the word of the Lord. What do they do? They repent with fasting. And there's brokenness in our life. There's there's sin in our life. There's there's this there's a mishappening in our life and we wanna kind of get back into, into the right space. We wanna jump back into the right lane and start repenting, turning 180 degrees, going back towards God. All of a sudden we do that, but a, a way that, to do that with strength is to fast and pray in repentance. So repentance is a, is a means to fast. Another one is gaining victory. In the book of Judges, we see this where, where they sat weeping and they sat in brokenness and they, they were defeated and they said, God, we want a victory. How do we get to victory? And fasted and they prayed and all of a sudden victory began to come. And then finally in Luke chapter two, to worship King Jesus, to devote our time and energy. Anna left not the temple while she was fasting and praying and waiting to behold the son. And she got to see him. Eight days after he was born, she arrived, he arrived there. Two people got to witness and behold the incarnate son of God. And there were two people who had been fasting and praying and preparing to watch and see him come among thousands that were at church that day. So beloved, if we wanna see Jesus, even in the middle of church, even in the middle of a bunch of people who are here seemingly to see Jesus, we need to fast and pray and believe and await his, his beholding to worship him. If you missed last week, again, that was Cliff Notes. I'd encourage you highly to go listen to it, prepare for it, because it's, it's something we've got to, again, pull off the shelf and start to operate in. So last week we talked about what is fasting and why we fast. We talked last week that fasting is predominantly around food. It's it's oftentimes, I've, I've, I've talked about it, you know, and, and as a youth pastor, I remember always, you know, we'd, get, we'd have a church-wide fast and I'd be like, you know what, this year for the ninth time, I'm fasting Facebook, you know, and you're like, wow, that's super sacrificial. 
You're gonna hate life. Every time I'd be like two weeks in, I'd be like, my life is so much better. Look at how God's showing up in fasting. It's like, turns out it's just better without Facebook. But, but there is, and y'all, is it wrong to give up social media, to, to give up something that's kind of a distraction anyways for the purpose of pursuing God, praying and, 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 and leaning into his presence and worshiping, reading the word? No, that's great. But I'm telling you, there's something supernatural Something bigger than that, something bigger than just receiving the benefit of not being distracted. There's something bigger than that, supernatural in that, that when we give up food, when we forgo that which nourishes our soul for the purpose of finding that nourishment somewhere else, something totally different happens. We start to see things differently. So food is the predominant, it is the only context we have for fasting in the scripture but I want to say this to you really quick as a disclaimer, as, a, as just a, I want to make space for this. If food holds inherent complications in your physical or emotional life, I want to encourage you not to feel shame or guilt or fear around seeking help with navigating what it looks like for you personally to fast. I, I know for sure God has called believers to fast, but I also am aware that food holds all kinds of complications for certain folks. If food is something for you that you've gone, man, I've had some major issues with, major struggles with, I've had a lot of victory in food, then let me just encourage you, talk to a nutritionist, talk to a doctor. God is far more concerned with what's going on in here than the how you're gonna get it done out here. So use supervision, use counsel, talk to people. Don't do this on your own. You don't have to, there's no shame in this. This is just a thing where you go, hey, I know I wanna do it, so let me get somebody that can help me do it. Are we all communicating here? You understand what I'm saying? So that being said, today we are gonna talk about several different types of how we fast. Because again, I'm the one, I'm sure none of you have ever done this. I'm the one who's... (laughs) who typically doesn't prepare for things great. Uh, and so you might tell me, hey, we, we're supposed to hang out in six months. And I'm gonna be like, cool, I can't wait. And then all of a sudden it's like the day of it. I'm like, what? I didn't know. You know, and it's just preparation is not something that I'm just naturally like, oh, I'm a big planner. Uh, but when I talk about fasting, my conviction is, as I get into God's word and start looking at this as our church, I'm going, We have to be intentional with fasting. Why? Because the word of God is extremely intentional in in the way that it describes it. And, and, And it's not passive. It's not impulsive. It's not just lackadaisical. It's very intentional. In fact, we see multiple different types of fasting, multiple different scenarios of fasting. We're gonna kind of blast through them. The point isn't to to overlook one or the other. It's to show you all the different ways and then let you give you resources. Go check those out, look at them. My point that I wanna draw today though is is that if the word of God is intentional and specific about fast, that should tell us that God didn't waste his breath. God didn't waste his voice to, to, to give us all these different pictures and examples for then us to just go, well, I'm gonna fast. I don't know, it'll be kind of, you know, maybe a few days. I'm gonna do some, maybe some coffee or, Maybe just, I'm not gonna eat like anything for sure that has like, um, you know, coconut in it. <laughs> like, well, I don't do that anyways, you know? So, 
It's like, we're, let's, let's think about what's the word actually saying about it. And then let's not just make it so simple on ourselves that we miss it. Because what we're going to see is some of these fasts were insanely difficult. They, they, they weren't things that we would look at and go, oh, that's easy. Like if you told me like no coffee before 6.30 a.m., seriously, and no coconut for 21 days, my life would not change at all. You know what I'm adding to that? No spam. No, you know, like. So we have to think about this and go, what, what is the word of God teaching us when you see the specifics of this? The first fast I want us to look at is found in Judges chapter 20, verse 26. It says, then all the sons of Israel and all the people went up and came to Bethel and wept. Thus they remained there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. <clears throat> the first fast we're gonna look at is a one day sunup to sundown fast. This fast is done by, 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 by the people of God after losing a battle. This is after getting kind of getting whooped, not sure what to do next, not sure how to, how to go next, not sure where to go, how to operate. So out of a response of defeat, out of mourning, they go, God, we need you to show us how to do this now. We need you to show us what to do next. We can't do this without you. And so really quickly, almost responsively, they do a and set a one day sun up to sundown fast. What does that mean for us? Well, that should be a tool that we put in our tool belt and say, hey, as you start to walk through and navigate 2023, I don't wanna be the bearer of bad news, but I'm just telling you, something's not gonna go right. <laughs> Thank you. One person's like, I get it. <laughs> no, but something's gonna go bad, right? Something's gonna go wrong. At some point, the plan is gonna shift. You're gonna wanna dive into, you know, if it's me, I wanna dive, you know, whatever. I'm not gonna tell you all that. But we're gonna wanna respond and, oh my God, it didn't happen the way I thought it would. God must have abandoned me. It's like, no, just fast for a day and get reoriented to hear what he has to say. All of a sudden, it's just, it's, it becomes a normal part of Christian life for us to go, hey, I'm not sure what's happening here. I feel a little out of alignment. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't even, you don't even have to write about this on Facebook. You just do it. Just do the fast one day. Sun up to sundown. That, that means you can eat before the sun comes up and after the sun goes down. That's gonna be a part of our, our 21 day deal. But, but the observation is, is that, that, that we need to cut through the noise sometimes and quickly go, God, I need to hear from you. Will you speak to me? You know, and I'm not just gonna say that and then go about my comfortable Christian life. I'm gonna stomp down and I'm gonna listen carefully. I'm gonna quiet the noise that I could hear what you have to say. And so a one-day fast is, is very much a part of, of Christian life. Number two, we have a three-day fast in Esther 4.16 and then in Acts 9. Nine, Esther, uh, it says this, go and assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maidens will also fast in the same way and thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the law and if I perish, I perish. So in, in, in a moment of desperation, we have her have this, have this moment where where there's a call to go, hey, we're gonna fast and pray for three days, no water, no food. That's an extreme fast. 
Like, like, you know, me not eating for like the breakfast puts me in a mood, you know? No food or water for three days is serious. And, and, and yet there is this, in certain times, in a certain season, there is an absolute call to say, hey, that's a way to get the attention, to, to, to quiet the noise, I, I, I think I feel better saying, to, to shut down everything else, all the needs you have and go, God, I'm putting it all on you for 72 hours so that I could hear what you would say and that you might endow favor to me because I'm going before the king and that's not normal. What happens when people go before the king is she's saying, if I perish, I perish. If he kills me like he normally would kill anybody else, it's gonna, that's the way it's gonna be. But I won't approach the king. I won't approach this dangerous moment in history without saying I've done everything I can. So we're giving up food and water for three days in preparation for what I'm about to have to do. And so you gotta, you gotta realize that's, that's different than not eating from sunup to sundown, right? A one-day fast, sunup to sundown. Food is different than three days with no food or water. Two different scenarios, two different fasts. Then in Acts chapter nine, verse nine, we see this guy named Saul have an experience on the road to Damascus, get led to this house. Scales fall from his eyes, he's blind. And for three days, Verse nine, it says he was there for three days without sight and then he neither ate nor drank. So again, you have this three-day fast, this three days of not eating, not drinking. Again, different scenario, same fast. He has this experience where he's, he's recollecting and thinking about all the things that have happened. He's repenting, he's, what, whatever's happened. He's not eating or drinking for three full days in response to what God has done. So there's, there's two different places we see that one. And number three, we see a seven-day fast in 1 Samuel 31, 13, seeking wisdom and comfort from grief and guidance for what to do next. In 1 Samuel 31, 13, it says, they took the bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree in Jabesh and fasted for seven days in response to brokenness, in response to death happening, in response to all of that. They they, they look upon it and seek wisdom and comfort for God. I'm hurting, I'm broken, I don't know what to do. I mean, this sounds like 2022. Right? Like, I, I'm not sure what's happening here. I don't know how to, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do next. What's the right response? He says, hey, fast for seven days. There's something about that. You go, now, okay, we've got a, a one day. We've got three days. We've got seven days. Then again, in verse or on number four, we have a 10-day fast. In Daniel chapter one, verse 12, it says, please test your servants for 10 days and let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink alone. So now we're introducing this idea of a partial fast. We see a fast where, where we're able to, to, to just eat vegetables, you know, and like we're always trying to get around on these, right? Like, well, I'm gonna do the Daniel fast, but if I put a pound and a half of butter on it, I should be satiated. You know, it's like, <coughs> that's terrible. The point is, is he, he's saying, hey, there's sometimes where I wanna, we wanna operate on a 10-day fast where we just take vegetables and water. That's a lot different than the seven day. It's certainly a lot different than the three day and it's a lot different than the one day. They're different fasts. 
They're different. I don't want to say prescriptions because I think we have a tendency to over uh, law things in our culture. We, we want to turn these in and go, okay, so if I, I do this one on the, on the 15th day and this one on the every, every quarter and this one every month, it's like, that the point is not to develop a law system by which you fast because ultimately if you did all of these, it's like, I don't even know, you'd have to add them all up, but it'd be, you know, 70 days of fasting a year or something. But the point isn't to create law, it's just to see the diverseness and the intentional way God has called fasting. Number five is a 14-day fast. In Acts chapter 27, verses 33 and 34, it says this. Until the day was about to dawn, Paul was encouraging them to all take some food, saying, today is the 14th day that you have been constantly watching and going without eating, having taken nothing. So this is when they're shipwrecked. There is a, a shipwreck that's happened. They, you know, I think the natural thing is to, to assume, and I've read that before, until this week, I've oftentimes just assumed they didn't have food, so they didn't eat for 14 days. But that doesn't make sense because Paul is saying, guys, it's time to take some food. What is that? That means they have it. It means they intentionally forewent the food for the purpose of fasting in response of the devastating wreck they just got into. And so when we get into to, to wrecks in our life, when we fall into to these smash moments where all of a sudden we're stranded and feeling abandoned and feeling broken, what do we do in response to that? Do we ration the food and start preparing to, to stay forever? Do we, do we start figuring out how to, what's gonna be the best strategy and the most efficient way to navigate through this? They, they did, I mean, it's, it can't be healthy for, you know, if, I've watched enough Survivor to know you, you, you got to eat something. Alone is a more sanctified show. <laughs> Thanks, Caleb. The point being is, is you know that you're supposed to eat something. How audacious is it for these believers to, to, to get on a boat, to get shipwrecked, and to go, how are we going to respond to shipwreck? Fast and pray, and let's watch our God move mountains. Like, what if we had... Like, Oh, that we would have that faith. That when we see hard times, when we run into hard moments, that we would respond with fasting and praying before we make a plan of how to figure our way out of it. You see, the church needs to take a note on a 14-day fast on a boat. And then another one we have, number six, is a 21-day fast in Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. It says, I didn't eat any tasty food. Everybody say tasty food. That's weak, y'all. I'm really making fun of y'all a lot this morning. I apologize if you're a visitor. I don't normally do this. Nor did eat meat or wine into their mouth, nor did I use any ointment, no face creams allowed, until the entire three weeks were completed. So now you have a one-day, a three-day, a seven-day, a 10-day, a 14-day, and a 21-day fast, all with very unique and specific terms, all with different specific kind of prescriptive attitudes to them. How, how are you going to do it, right? The 10-day fast looks different than the 14-day fast. 
right? And, and most would say the 14-day fast is harder to do. The 10-day fast, they at least had some veggies. This one, it says, hey, you're not doing any food for 14 days. These are, and again, I'm not trying to confuse us. I'm just trying to show us. Look at how many different examples of fasting we see in the scriptures. How many different stories, different situations, different needs, giving up meat and tasty foods, wine, rich and pleasant foods, oils, for only fruits and vegetables, nuts and water. This could be converted into a diet strategy, and I want you to just push past that. That's not the... I'm sure it's good for you to eat the way, you know, to, to fast constantly. The point of fasting isn't physical, it's spiritual. Every time, no matter what, it's a spiritual thing that's, that's utilizing your physical body. But a 21-day fast. And then finally, in the most, you know, and again, there are people who are gonna say any kind of fasting is extreme. Fasting is an extreme. Fasting is a normal part of the Christian life. It, it ought to be. But this is the most intense type of fasting we see in all the scripture. A 40-day fast. And I can only find three 40-day fasts in the Bible, three people who fast for, for 40 days. And each person was divinely appointed and touched by God for this type of fast. The first one is Moses in Exodus 34, 28, in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 9 and 18. He ate nor drank water for 40 days, twice. Called by God to do, inc- I mean, think about who we're talking about, Moses, to do incredible things. 40 days with no food, no water. I'm telling y'all, this is like, this is where health is, you gotta watch your health. I don't think most people could just do a 40-day fast and not have serious health ramifications. This is something you have to grow in and develop in. You don't just start with a 40-day, no food, no water. I mean, dude, I can't go two, two hours without feeling a little... I mean, dude, I'm done at 40 days, you know? So this has to be called by God, practiced, developed culture. You know, I, I, I want to be the person who's there, but I'm not there right now. If, I mean, I could make all kinds of jokes right now, but the point being, thank you, Galen. Galen's seen me outside the, you know, out at the, we've gone to lunch together. He knows I couldn't do it, but 40 days, no food, no water. Man, that's an extreme experience, but he was called to a great work. He was called to something mighty in this world. And he knew that his substance, his, his life, his, his soul needed nourishment more than his mouth. And he was able to participate. Like that, what I'm getting at is he did that twice. That means he did a lot more little fast in between. This is a man who was constantly fasting to prepare for holy moments to get ready for what God had called him to do. The next one is this. In 1 Kings 19.8, Elijah ate and drank and then was sustained for 40 days of fasting. So we have two men now who have done it. And I think we all know the third. In Matthew chapter four, verses two through four, Jesus fasted for 40 days. So there is precedent time and time again. 
And somebody came up to me after first service and I just went, man, I can't wait to dig into this. Isn't it interesting that those are the three people at the transfiguration? Isn't it fascinating? Those are the only three people in history that we have record of doing that and they're the three people who come together in the transfiguration. That's a fascinating moment that we need to take heed to. I mean, that's, that's powerful. I don't even know what all that means, but I'm just going, that's, that's something. So 40 days of fasting, that's something you prepare for, you build to, you, you develop it, and you get called by God to do. It's something powerful. And the whole point of whether it's one day, whether it's three days, whether it's seven days, whether it's 10 days, whether it's 14 days, 21 days, or 40 days, fasting is not something we need to approach with some passivity. It's not something that we need to approach with some sense of, of you know, lackadaisicalness. Fasting is something we need to be intentional, purposeful, and planned with so that we can both corporately and individually operate in such a way that we might be faithful to participate in this holy, sacred practice in an effort to shut down the noise, respond to heaven, participate in the supernatural, and experience all God has for us here on the earth. Fasting is a way of God for us to live. And so we ought to remember and take heed that like, there's a ton of examples. There, there, there's tons of different ways. Those should be tools we put in the tool belt of faith to go, God, show me how to use this now. What do you want me to do? How do I respond? How do I, how do I start to take every one of these and use them in a way that would bring you glory and draw me closer to your heart? And so churches, we prepare for the fast that we're gonna do as a church. I wanna just set it out here and say, hey, we have already said that's gonna be a 21-day fast. And God bless, I had several people came up and they're like, man, I'm never, I don't really fast. I'm pumped up about fasting. I can't believe we're doing 21 days, no food. I went, easy. <laughs> we gotta build up. So we wanna go, hey, what's something that we can, how can we step into this? How can we participate? Because for our church, this is the first time we've done a corporate fast. So what's something we can do? We can step into it. We can start preparing for it. We can plan for it. We know right now that on January 1st, this is what life's gonna look like for 21 days. We're gonna have our, our, our communications team, myself, our pastors, we're gonna be sending out videos, notes. We're gonna give you guidance on how to pray, what to be praying for over and throughout this fast. But the way I'm, I'm, I'm putting out there that I would like us to fast is to do 21 consecutive sunup to sundown fast. That means you can get up before the sunrise, have your little breakfast, fast while the sun is up. I just about said the sun is awake. That's what I said to my kids. And then when the sun goes down, you can have, you can break your fast. And then the next day, 21 days of consecutive sun up to sundown fasting. That's a, it's not easy. It's not simple, but it's a step into fasting. It's a way that we can start practicing it. If you're going, no, not me, man. I'm, I'm gonna make it harder. Great. <laughs> Do your thing. <laughs> you are still empowered to fast. However, if you wanna go 21 days, if you fast regularly and you do that, great. If you're going, that's a little 
intense for my life. I'm gonna talk to my doctor. I wanna talk to my nutrition, make sure I'm okay with doing that. And you just end up fasting lunch, but you need that afternoon snack. This isn't about a law. It's about a a kingdom principle that's gonna draw our church into the throne room of grace and prepare us for the ministry God has called us to, to change this world and evangelize the earth. And so we wanna, we're not worried about You know, I'm just telling you, this is kind of the, there you go, keep going. (laughs) This is about us doing something different so we can experience something different. And so I'm calling us to 21 days, sun up to sundown fasting. If you want to adjust it, you want to kind of do it a little different, by all means, you are empowered to be spirit-filled creatives, to do it how God is calling you to do it. But I'm just saying, if it's not a little bit hard, if, if you adjust it so much that you're like, man, no coconut. And you know what? No squid either. I'm sacrificing. All right, all right. No eel. Well, <laughs> oh, come on. Don't, don't. Let's not be ridiculous. But the point being, if it's not sacrificing, right? If it, it needs to... It needs to hurt a little. It needs to make you feel like you need God a little. It needs to make us get a little uncomfortable so we can get into the spirit-filled, God-moving, God-breathing. Like It's not like, he didn't say it was gonna be a comfortable Christian life. He said, in this life, you're gonna have troubles. And so I wanna... I want to feel it a little bit, so I want us to feel it a little bit so that we can experience something different than we have before. And so, again, this is what we're doing. This is our plan. You know, we're traveling. We're going to be out of the, out of the state doing a family vacation. When I was at dinner last night. They said, I, I can't say it loud, loud if my kids are watching, but it's a surprise for them, but it's a place that, you know, it's the happiest place on earth, you know. for a kid, you know? So anyways, I'm... Somebody said, are you going to do it there? I said, you better believe it. I'm going to do it there. I want everybody to do it wherever you are, wherever you're at. January 1, we start our fast. We're not giving up for nobody because we want to see God move. And so we're going to do it together You need to figure out your thing. What are you going to do? Make a plan. Be purposeful. Use the resources, the buffet of resources, no pun intended, that we just laid out for you. And let's see God move. Amen, somebody? Come on. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and we thank you for loving us so much that you gave your only son that we could have life forever. And Lord, from that place, as sons and daughters of the King, we respond today by saying we're looking forward to to fasting together, to preparing together, for for watching you move together. And next week, as we talk about, about what the benefits, what's to come out of this fast, what are we believing you for? Lord, all of it, we say, God, this is your church. Have your way. Use us, prepare us, invigorate us to do what we need to do to see your kingdom come and will be done in and through our lives as it is in heaven. God, we honor you. We love you. We submit to you. We submit it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen, somebody? 
Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you soon.